So what happened? What happened to put us in the mess we're in today? Two things, they're both, sin word, they're both S words, Satan and sin. We had a lot of questions about Satan. And I, I just want to put something in here real quick about questions. I'm so glad that we can have questions. And I'm so glad there are people who can help answer those questions. But girls, don't get hung up on the questions. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If we spend our life seeking answers to questions, we are going to be really messed up. You know? But if we spend our life seeking Jesus, I guarantee you, you will find the answer to your questions. I, um, one of the things that, that I do is when I find a question that in my Bible as I read, I'll just put a question mark there. And I'll ask God to someday show me the answer to that question. It is absolutely amazing that you can go back and look through your Bible and you can see how God has answered your questions. Often it's as I sat in church and listened to the pastor or sing the old hymns. And sometimes it's as I read my Bible or I, something on the radio. But God has answered over and over. So let me encourage you, seek Jesus and the answers will come. But back to Satan, who is he? And why, where did he come from? If God is good and God created everything, did he create Satan? Well, the Bible says clearly that he did. But he created Satan as an archangel, as the, the guardian angel who covers, probably the guardian angel closest to God. Maybe the guardian angel who led worship in heaven. I've given you two scriptures here to show you what happened to Satan. One of them is in Isaiah. And it says, how have you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, and girls, here's the key, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Read that, the angels of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Five I wills. So it's prideful will, self-will, that caused Satan to fall. The deal is, he didn't fall alone, did he? In Revelation, those of you who are studying Revelation, you know that a third of the angels fell with him. So it, misery does indeed love company, right? Then there's a, another verse in Ezekiel 28 that's a beautiful representation of what happened. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. This is God speaking. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in all your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. 
And that iniquity was the I wills of Isaiah. So why didn't God just toss him into, this was one of your questions, why didn't God just toss Satan into the, the pit immediately? Why did he let him roam the earth? Why does he give him so much freedom? I know it's sometimes hard to remember, but Satan is on a leash, and that leash is held by God. So it may be long. It may seem really long to you at times, but he is on a leash. But you see, God didn't want his heaven filled with people who had to be there, right? God wants us to love him because he loves us, not because we have to. And so if there were no one to tempt, there would be no choice that we would have. So I believe that's why Satan is still running around. So God allowed Satan to come into his perfect creation, into that perfect garden that he created. I want you to think for a moment about Adam and Eve. They are perfect creatures put in a perfect location with everything they would ever need provided. There is nothing wrong in their world. Boy, would I love one day in a world like that. Wouldn't you? I, we long for that. We long for that because that's who we are. We long for that, that kind of world. But one day, the serpent came. Now, he wasn't crawling on the ground and ugly like the ones we see. He must have been beautiful. And he was more cunning than any beast of the field. And he came to the woman, and he said to her, Has God indeed said that you can't eat of every tree of the garden? And she said, No, God didn't say that. He just said we shouldn't eat of this one tree in the garden. And then she added a little bit, nor shall we touch it. And then Satan said, and, and then she said, or we will surely die. And then Satan said, you will not die because God just doesn't want you to know what he knows. He doesn't want you to know everything. And so he's withholding from you. You know, girls, God has not changed. I mean, Satan has not changed his MO from this moment. This is still how he approaches us, isn't it? He comes and he says, did God really say? God didn't mean that. God couldn't have meant that. And then he says, God is withholding something that would be good for you. Have, isn't that the essence of all temptation? So we could at least make him come up with something new, right? Instead of the same old thing working all the time. So he questioned God's word, he denied God's word, and he questioned God's motives. The way creation fell is that it was a part of the curse. But it became a part of the curse because man had been given dominion over the earth. And when he chose to follow God's mortal enemy, he gave that dominion to the mortal enemy. 
That's why in the New Testament we read things like Satan is a prince of the power of the air. That's why Satan could say to Jesus, I will give you all these kingdoms of the earth if you'll just bow down and worship me. And Jesus didn't say they're not yours to give, did he? So, so what do we do? What happened? Let, let's talk about this. When, when God created Adam, God created Adam in his own image. And when Adam had children, he had children not in God's image, but in his image. And all of us are children of Adam. That means that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. All of us. And I've given you verses out of Romans here. And I'm running against time, so I'm going to let you read those. But all humans are born sinners, and we are all born with the consequence of sin. And that consequence is things like suffering and pain and illness and separation from each other and from God, and selfishness, ooh, self-everything. Our world is a self-world, isn't it? There's even a magazine called Self. And it's all about women. Don't tell anyone I said that. Um, you know, a lot of people will say, I don't believe everyone is born a sinner. Really? You ever had a two-year-old? <laughs> they learn mommy, daddy, no, and mine. Right? <laughs> I often wonder how you can bring home this five-pound, six-pound little bundle of joy to your home. And in one hour, he has absolutely turned your life upside down. And it will never be the same again, right, girls? <laughs> it will never be the same again. Why? Because they're born tyrants, aren't they? That's just who we are. We're all about me and all about self. So that's not a pretty picture. But what it means is we need a Savior. All of us need a Savior. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and Everything changed. They hid themselves. They covered themselves with fig leaves because all of a sudden they were embarrassed. There was shame. And they hid. God came seeking them. Is that a beautiful picture? He didn't leave them hiding from him. He came seeking. He confronted them so that they could confess. And then God did something that must have been startling to Adam and Eve. He killed an animal. First death ever on earth. Never been death before. But now there's death. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So God killed that animal and shed his blood and covered them with the coats of the animals. Now, just as a side note, girls, fur coat was the first garment ever worn by a woman. 
sorry, that I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so God set up the way to be forgiven for sin in the garden. And from then on, the only way to be forgiven was if a substitute would die in my place and cover my sin. Jesus doesn't just cover our sin. He wipes it out. He takes it away and will never be confronted with it again. That's a beautiful picture. And God has provided that all creation will be renewed and saved and redeemed, just like man will. Romans 8 says that creation itself longs and groans for that moment when Jesus will return. So all the natural disasters, all the sickness, all the accidents, all the messy things in our world are a result of that sin. But the good news is, there is a Savior. And all creation, everything that was lost in the fall, will be redeemed. Gail, come back up here just a second. What Shara asked me to come back up for is because I forgot to tell you the most important thing. The most important thing was when Adam and Eve sinned, God kicked them out of the Garden of Eden. And he kicked them out of the Garden of Eden mainly so they couldn't get to the tree of life, so that they wouldn't live forever in that state. And I'm so glad he did, because I would hate to live forever getting older. <laughs> you can only get so much older. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he was talking about the way back to paradise the way back to where God created us to be. He is that way. And we lost it out of deceit, and he is the truth. So absolute truth is found in Jesus. And he is the life, so he is the tree of life. Thank you, Shauna.